0: Welcome to the Grit City Podcast, broadcasting from an abandoned comedy club in the back of a pool hall in the original city of Grit, Tacoma, Washington. Here are your hosts. Welcome to the Grit City Podcast. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to have a a, a bit more energy than it sounds like. Unfortunately, I I don't, because it's your fault, Brogan. Well, that's what you get. I invite you to my house to give you the meat sweats, and you didn't drink enough and we Scott and I both have hangovers and you're just kind of sitting there like whining I I don't necessarily drink that often daylight savings time fucked you it absolutely did I'm kind of pissed about it we were drunk during the hour change so it doesn't count it's like time travel. <laughs> Just like, what it, the f- it was kind of like time travel. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about your, your soiree last night. I did have a soiree. And uh, this is awesome because you're not from... Well, you weren't born in like Washington. You were born in Louisiana. Yes. So that means that you love to bring your culture... Here, <laughs> yes, my culture from from the from the deep dark south, the dirty south, all this culture I bring, uh, but most of the time it's just food. It's a thin line between heritage and hate, young man. Hey, <laughs> I'm just um, wow, I got really weird really quick. Yeah, you know, well, tapped you, out. <laughs> you guys yeah. are crazy. All right, so yes, S- continue. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to talk about your mud bugs, hmm. and we're not talking about your crotch crickets. No, I no, I just did a little so. Every year for a while, I've been doing a crawfish boil where I bring in 75 pounds of live crawfish from Louisiana. Well, recently, Washington State changed the law so you can no longer get live crawfish mailed to you. You have to get them, like, they'll boil them, flash freeze them, then mail them, which is weird, which is weird because they're already cooked. But so last night, in lieu of that, because we've had some other stuff going on, I just had a little seafood boil with a big ass prime rib that there's still most of at home. Really, too much seafood. (laughs) You made a gigantic pile of food, which was amazing, and then also the prime rib on top of it. Yes, it's a little ridiculous. Teaching Yankees how to eat crawfish. (laughs) Now, how do you do that? So you take it by the torso, Mm-hmm. like they got a little, little, get it by the torso, and then you grab its little ass, and it's got like an armadillo shell style carapace. Yeah, that covers the tail. You squeeze the tail right where it connects to the torso, and you twist it against the, you know, to the right and to the left, pull it out. Yeah. Then you squeeze it, and you crack the carapace off, and then you have, like, a little shrimp tail, like a little lobster. Yeah. That is absolutely delicious. And what do you do with its head? You smash. So you have to smash the torso part. Yeah. Like, this is the important part. Everybody we oh, you don't suck the head. No, you suck that after you crush it. So you really liquefied the brains. (sighs) Then you slurp it. It That's where all the flavor is. I'm so hungover. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, Scott does not here. eat seafood in any form. I love
1: no, it. Oh man, and uh, especially not any kind. Like you have he wouldn't to even crush go near and the bowl. The he just of kind people. of like stood over by the fire. It smells it delicious, man, and everything you make is delicious. I've never had bad food at your house, so I guarantee good. it would be good. I just um, I can't bring myself to eat them.
0: Now, have our guests ever had crawfish before? We got Coop and we got Jim. Coop, I have coop you ever had
2: crawfish? Uh, yeah, I w- down in New Orleans. For- so that's sure. a good spot to do nice. it.
0: Nice. Nice. Jim, have you ever uh, partaken in a, a mud bug?
3: I, uh, I don't think I've ever had crawfish.
0: Well, it's an experience. Do you like shrimp?
3: I do like shrimp.
0: Then you would love crawfish.
3: Possibly. They're
0: like a <laughs> mini lobster. They're like mini lobster shrimps. Yeah, they mm-hmm. look insectile, and then you suck out the brains, in, which is why well, I don't eat I, them. All.
3: I heard that they're the, uh, that's the tasty part. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. and right now on Netflix, they've got Ugly Delicious, and yeah. episode five of that <laughs> is about the difference between crawfish and shrimp. So for anybody that has ever been curious, oh, and the different ways of cooking it, I prefer the Viet Cajun, which is pretty sacrilegious for me to say, but (laughs) they do a way better job. Do they? The Viet Cajun? The Viet Cajun. So they – crawfish is a thing that lives all over the world. Well, the Vietnamese have a way that they cook it where they don't – they boil it, take it out, put the seasoning on it then. Then they drench it in garlic and butter and toss it it, with all the different – Asian spice profiles, ginger, lemongrass, that kind of stuff. Oh, Ooh. So good. And it's a giant mess, and it is by far the most superior way to enjoy your crawfish. Now, here's a question for you guys. Uh, you are here because of Dystopia Rising, which is a zombie apocalypse LARP. Um, do you think that if somebody brought crawfish to that, that that would be an acceptable thing for people to, uh, to make in this setting if they're out for the weekend doing their uh, live-action roleplay? Do you think that's uh, within the rules of, uh, of uh, I guess, post-apocalyptic uh, camping?
2: I mean, they could go out fishing for crawfish. I mean... Yeah, I mean if
3: they wanted to eat crawfish at the site, they totally could.
2: Okay, cool. Because one of the things I noticed uh, I was looking
0: at all the rules is that there are some specific rules especially in dealing with uh the fact that uh what you do and we'll get into that in a second that it's uh uh it's post-apocalyptic, mm-hmm. which means you're not necessarily going to have butterfingers or uh you know Doritos in the packaging because... What about a Twinkie?
2: Ooh, that's a good one because I mean Twinkies last a while. Only if someone finds it buried deep. In some Seven Eleven that no one knows what Seven Eleven is.
0: Nice. Uh, so probably not actually. Yeah, right. It's probably already been rated. Ooh,
2: good point. It would be a creature comfort. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So, Coop, tell us a little bit about Dystopia Rising. Uh, Dystopia Rising is a post-apocalyptic LARP, uh, which is set in the future after uh, a zombie a zombie horde started coming out, and a nuclear attack happens against these zombies, and then after the fall of man, five generations later. We are left with the strains and the refuge of those people.
0: And, and for those who don't necessarily know what LARPing is, live action role play, uh, you guys are going out for uh, entire weekends. Correct. And and, yeah. and you ha- people have character sheets, mm-hmm. uh, which they have to abide by that entire time. Uh, what Beyond that, what are some of the things that people can do and be a part of uh, when you go to one of these events?
3: Well, we have a lot of uh, interesting player-generated stuff. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, for instance, at this last event we had, uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting faiths uh, that, okay. that get developed after the after the apocalypse. You know, what might people, you know, see as uh, worthy of uh, having a religion around? And one of those things is called the telling visionists, which... Uh, uh, revere the the tv signals of old all right yeah and uh, uh a couple of players had a really great idea to do uh uh an iron chef sort of uh you know taking uh aspects of the iron chef and running that uh as sort of like a, a religious service for the iron chef oh nice and so a bunch of they made a lot of food at home and actually brought it for uh, uh the various competitions and stuff and they had a a whole big uh, uh, to-do about uh, competing and doing cooking and stuff.
0: Oh, right on. And, I mean, it's kind of funny because uh, as an avid player of, like, Fallout, uh, you see that there's a different, there's a, uh, I guess, a misconstruing of actual history, so you can kind of bend it to the way that you want to bend it. Oh, yeah. Correct.
3: There's a lot of that. And a lot of the, um, one of the most interesting parts to me is uh, there are, like, six or seven... uh, post-apocalyptic face that they have and one of them is a televisionist there's another called the king's court which is all about the the music of old and and honoring their words and stuff oh nice uh so there's a lot of fun that a lot of the players have have with that uh the sort of you know genre uh their game up it just that reminds me of the uh cult of scott Bacula. oh right <laughs> yeah. as soon as he Same said an idea that, like, of course like, yeah. right why is why it a, not why not right oh yeah why wouldn't that be a thing? yeah charles and George. Of course, Ooh, <laughs> the bailists the, Baalists. the Baalists. <laughs> Yeah.
2: the Tao, the, Dan, the, the
0: Danzinians,
2: <laughs> yeah, those all could be cults in Dystopia Rising. Sure, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, how did how did uh, Dystopia Rising get get its start? Dystopia Rising started about nine years ago now, yeah. back in New Jersey. Oh wow, um, okay. The creator of the the whole concept of the game was uh, Michael Pucci. Um him and his friends all got together and said hey i got this idea for this larp that him and his brother used to sit around talking about this this concept of this world when they were little kids and uh when he decided like he did all these other uh role-playing games and live action role-playing games he's all like i think i want to do this is like just like to see what it's going to be like for fun and giggles and well people started showing up the whole zombie thing started becoming a big yeah, time yeah, r- yeah. about that time time period. Uh, then you started having the whole uh, post-apocalyptic thing going on at the same time period. Movies, The Walking Dead. Oh, So yeah. this really became a genre time. So they can kind of hit at a boom. And at that time period, it was just them. And then other people are like, hey, I'd like to play this too. But I live in Texas. I live in Southern California. I live in Washington. So they slowly started developing more and more across the United States.
0: And that is why your business card has Dystopia Rising, Washington. Correct. That was going to be a question that I had. Yeah. I was like, why? Like, are there more? Yeah. So, so you guys, when did you, now did There's you start? 16, I think. 16? 16. Oh, yeah. wow. That is crazy. Now, and now I know that you, uh, when, a, when a person starts, they create a character sheet. Can you take that to other events? Absolutely. And say, Correct.
3: Okay, cool. Wow. Every sheet is honored at uh, any of the games that uh, you want to go to wherever they're located.
0: Wow. And I know for you guys, um, if you just search for Dystopia Rising Wa on, like, uh, on Facebook and such, mm-hmm. but even dystopiarisingwa.com is just an easy way for people to get to that. That's
2: our, that's our website yeah. and it gives you all the information about us. And
0: uh, it has all the rules and like I said, I mentioned uh, the fact that there's uh, the, the, the food rule. You want to make sure and keep it kind of in line with that. If somebody wants to start Where's the best How's the best way for them to get started In something like this Because when you look at the pictures And you see all these people dressed up in these Just insane garb And I mean it's, it's like It's like Fallout It's like Mad Max It's like The Walking Dead It's all of these things intertwined But a lot of the times It can seem really daunting for a person So where can you start?
3: Uh, I think um, it looks daunting But I think if you asked a lot of the players Hey where did you get your stuff from? They'd be like Value Village Goodwill <laughs> Right on. <laughs> um, like, a, a, a lot of players put a lot of effort into uh, creativity and creating their costumes and stuff, but a lot of their base pieces, stuff they're getting, are all value village. Goodwill, um, they're, they're, Value Village. Yeah, they're looking for um, like you know, what kind Old of stuff? genre pieces, um, like jackets, scarves, stuff like that. I mean, all right, uh, you can take a look at someone that like looks great, and it's like, well, if you look at it, that's like an old genre jacket and uh, a bunch of scarves, and maybe they like ripped up, ripped up their jeans or uh, cargo pants, and like it looks awesome, and they put like paint job and dirt and dirt on it, but uh, you can Just get rub some dirt on it, and it seems to work out. <laughs> it does actually. I, I, uh, I, 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 uh, I mean,
2: you can take, like, your clothing and take, like, what we call a shredder. It's basically just a bunch of teeth from, like, hole drills glued together. Yeah. And, like, shred your stuff apart. Oh, okay. So it gives apart. that so it super dist- distressed look. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's really what's happening. Because no one's going to have, like, made clothes. Nothing's going to be super pristine. There's no going to be, like, bolts of fabric you can buy at Joanne's Fabric. Good call, So yeah. you're going to have to, everything's going to look homemade or found. And if it's found, it's probably going to be pretty worn out. And so um how did
0: you guys get your start? Now did you did you start the the Washington
2: ta- chapter or did you uh come into it? Um, I f- I helped start here in Wa- Washington. Okay. Uh Jim and I came together back in 2015.
3: Yeah, I came into it a little later.
2: Thank and uh he and I that's when uh, he came in, but we started uh dystopia rising in washington started in 2013
0: okay okay nice and w- how did you even find out about dystopia rising was it just
2: uh I, I do other larps and so like ah, other larps okay, tar- okay. talk and stuff like that so it was like something that was interesting to do and uh the pr- my previous partner was all like hey i really want to do this and i'm like ah, man i've done so many of them before <laughs> i don't know if i want to do that well this is what i want to do and i said all right I helped out, started doing it. Uh, that partner and I split. Jim came aboard, and we've been going ever since then. And Jim, what was the uh, what drew you towards it?
3: Well, I mean, I I moved up here I think in 2013 2014, and by the time I got here, like everyone was doing Dystopia Rising. All of my nice. friends were suddenly nice. gone for the weekend, <laughs> uh, and I was like, where, where are you guys going? We're like, oh, we're going to this post-apocalyptic LARP. I'm like, well, post-apocalyptic, that's, that's interesting. It's never been my main genre, but mm-hmm. so I was, I was hemming and hawing about it, and then finally I'm like, you know what? Everyone's doing it. Let me go uh, to Value Village. Uh, deer pressure. Deer pressure. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I used one of those genre tools to, you know, uh, to dress up some cargo pants and uh, an old leather jacket I found at Value Village, and I went and I had a really great time. And now, there's, a, I mean, you guys have both
0: done uh, uh, LARPing and such like that. What's the draw for you with that? I, I have to imagine part of it is, you know, going out and, you know, going out on a weekend and just kind of immersing yourself in a whole other world. Um, is that for you guys or is it something else?
3: Immersion's is definitely a, a priority as as far as this game goes, uh, making sure that everyone feels sort of, uh, you know... Uh, yeah, immersed in what what's going on with this game. Uh, uh, I enjoy a lot of the um, a, l- a lot of the fun zombie costumeing. Um, uh, the oh, wait
0: a minute, there's zombies. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's man. a zombie apocalypse. Well, yeah. I, that was there's a, there's like, a whole bunch. I, th- of I figured they must have, in five generations, finally taken care of the zombie problem. But no, no, there no. are zombies.
3: There are still yes. zombies and other can you go monsters? to
2: be a zombie or do you guys provide zombies? So everybody pr- does four hours of service back to the community. Okay, we're really a community based uh, LARP. Nice. So everybody comes in. You play your character, but then you go to uh, help out with Jim and his storyteller side of things. And you go out and you are a zombie. So either you're like a burster or a tank or just a shambling horde. Or you're a raider coming in to try to gain oh. things. Or you're a merchant from another settlement trying to sell their wares or buy things yeah, to help them out. So,
0: so in this situation, so it's not just a group of people that all, they just want to... Go post-apocalyptic camping. There's actually like a storyline. So you, you, yeah, I write. So story. I pictured when story you said character sheet. I'm like, all right, this tells me my basic rules of what I'm going to do, do and and the Correct. persona that I can play to. So there's also a whole other part of this. So I come and we, we we're going to participate. We we pay a fee or we, whatever. We are going to go in and we're going to dystopia rising. Mm-hmm. I come in, I've got my character sheet, we've all worked it out, everybody's got their camp set up, everybody's got their tent set up, and then, you never know, maybe a gentleman's going to show up and he's gonna be like, hey, um, we are low on water, do you have water, we have this. You have a guy, that, that's yeah, his whole job like is that, to make yeah. sure to keep people immersed and give them a storyline to follow with a start and a finish. Now, yeah. as, as a storyteller, do you have, uh, uh, do, you, do you play parts as well? Or yes, you, I do. Oh, okay, cool. So That's yeah. pretty cool, man. Like a stranger shows up in the middle of the night, right? Like, it's a
1: whole story. <laughs> you do totally you trust him? trust him? Right, right. Do you let him no. in? Like that's I'm really just not, here because I want some no. food. I saw, <laughs> Or
0: I saw Walking Dead. That dude's got a baseball bat. We don't let him in. <laughs> and that's the best part uh, about it. I love it that the Brogan, just the first oh, thing no. was like, he was like, no, I don't let him in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm trying to sleep. Somebody so, shoot that dude. So it's like 24-7 when you're doing this. Do, do you set up stuff for like 2 a.m. like shambling horde sort of things?
3: We uh we have uh, six hour sleep times where we let everyone go to sleep. Where uh, oh, okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna so because there's some real practical concerns with yeah. uh, hey uh, you know get let everyone get a couple hours of sleep and not attack them with zombies maybe at 5 a.m. But yeah, <laughs> around 2 a.m. there will be a zombie horde that goes out or a bunch of raiders. Um, usually, part sometimes part of a, a more comprehensive storyline. For instance, right now I'm running a storyline about a raider war, where a bunch of raider tribes have come together to try to uh, mow the town down. And nice, uh, the town has to uh, uh, talk to a lot of different uh, uh, non-player character factions um, and sort of recruit their help, and then go out and fight. Uh, well, you with have to go get the garbage people. people right? So yeah, or there's like there's a dead. lot of things to do at game uh, that uh, are provided. Uh, with uh, these things we call modules or mods um, that are like little mini stories that keep the players entertained.
0: Now I'm thinking about Westworld. It's awesome, <laughs> man. <laughs> it's we awesome. you start thinking about the different yeah, right? storylines yeah. that you can follow. Yeah, and that's, uh, it's kind of neat on those ends. Do you have like uh, you have the big overarching story, but then you have smaller ones that you can kind of fit in side quest
3: sort of stuff? Or do you just yeah, stick definitely. to that? main? Okay, cool. Like I mentioned the Raider War that we're having. There's yeah. also a side quest about uh, a discovered bunker called Installation Epsilon. Which is has is full of all sorts of like puzzly quests nice um I have a lot of uh uh writers on my staff that like making uh uh puzzles, so we have a bunch of puzzle games and stuff for people that may not necessarily like fighting and want to do some cool sort so of... there's literally something for everyone at that point yeah, there are a lot of different types of gamers that want uh lots of different kinds of experiences and we try to provide that for everyone to find their experience, especially in a game of you know hundred and fifty plus people like, What does your wow. age
2: group look like? yeah, oh wow, like fourteen to. Fifty nine. All right. So
0: this is literally for anybody who's interested in this. You're more than welcome to like.
2: And anybody like we even have some guy who shows up in a motorized wheelchair that plays. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And uh, his his character, no one really messes with Mason. Nice. Uh, So it really, it's we try to adapt to anybody. We don't. There's no turning anybody away. I mean, usually you can figure
0: out something. I mean, you're here to have people have fun. Yeah. Correct.
3: My. My job is to figure out a way for everyone to engage with the game and be immersed by it. And for some people, that's doing cooking shows. <laughs> uh, well,
0: that's the part that I am most interested in because I love to cook. Yeah. And for me, thinking about trying to make it something interesting that would be five generations after the last what kind of yeah What kind of show, spices like last would you actually closed, have? Like, how would you go about doing that with canned food and... Things that you may have just been able to grow in real shitty soil. Correct.
2: <laughs> that I <was> mean,
3: <laughs> players coming to me and saying, hey, we want to do this thing. Can you help with that? And I'm like, sure. Like let me let me facilitate what the players want to do because ultimately player agency is really important to me in this game that players get to do well, uh, what's fun for them. Right?
0: Well, and and just from a pure business aspect of trying to grow something, happy customers mean they're going to bring their friends back. Absolutely correct. Well, so. yeah, you just
2: said you had 150 some odd people. It well, sounds yes. like
0: you guys are having a lot of fun and getting I'm, a bunch of people to do. I mean,
2: that's that's like in the like negative. You know, it was like 27 degrees outside. Yeah, so, that like, was in winter. Dang,
0: uh, you see this year-round?
2: Yeah, we're year-round. Yeah. Tw- we do, we do a game sense. a month, basically. Yeah. Where do you do this at? Uh, we do mostly Girl Scout camps. Yeah, and, uh, the Girl
3: Scout to Western Washington uh, uh, rent camps to us. Oh, that's and then, nice. uh, we also, Yeah, they're really yeah. great
2: people. Yeah, And we've used uh, uh, other church camps and stuff like that as well. Um, we, but when it gets summertime, it's not unheard of to have 250... Two hundred, close to three hundred people playing.
0: So, if you're using a Girl Scout camp or something like that, there's uh, established buildings, correct? That are that you have toilets and you've got a a cabin that if somebody wanted to stay in a cabin instead of a tent, they could do correct, that. correct, and absolutely. Yeah. So that makes it a, a little more uh, approachable for, especially like, in the winter, ca- for the casual for camper, the okay. especially
2: <laughs> I the I people that travel from like places like Texas and Southern California and have- Florida. You know those people aren't going to be able to travel with a tent and all the sleeping gear, so they'll stay in a cabin or something like that. We also have like cabins for like people that just show up.
3: Yeah, the new player cabin is something that we
2: set aside. I make sure that uh,
3: uh, one cabin is just for new players so they have a warm uh, place to sleep. Um, especially and they
0: maybe they get at avoid, it avoided it at 2 o'clock in the morning because I could be real grumpy at 2 o'clock in the <laughs> well, morning well it's, it's like, one damn, of those like, I I things if, you <laughs> if you want to go out if you want to
2: go out and find shenanigans at 2 o'clock in the morning 3 o'clock in the morning 5 o'clock in the morning you can but they're probably not going to be beating down your door at 2 o'clock in the morning I mean sometimes the occasional
3: okay. zombie sneaks in at 2 o'clock in the morning yeah. But but, no, uh, but nothing, the new nothing p- the new
2: players can't handle. <laughs> but like the new pl- like we like we say the new player cabin or the blue bands as we call them because we give all new players a blue band to wear while they're
0: well and that helps everybody else yeah. with their immersion experience too. But oh, he's got a blue band, maybe we will interact and and see. But if they're feeling still a little little more like the hipster kid down the block, they got to check their <laughs> cell phone. Maybe they're on call. I don't
2: know. So one <laughs> but- of the one of the big things is that we have what we call keeping everything in genre. Mm-hmm. So you guys w- want to bring your cell phone. I might say you might want to keep that in your car because you don't want to bring anything into the dystopian future. Oh, I'm that on could call. Be I got,
0: I got to be able to check my phone. So for 24 well, he, hours a day, I, I, <laughs> but, I, I get
2: that. I get that. But if you're going to go out there, you may not want to bring that with you because it might get destroyed.
3: Well, people who are uh, who are on call, we've we've been okay with them having it, yeah. So they can like,
0: feel yeah, the I need, vibration. Should, I guess they need but, to. But but I got to know you, I got to know if my alarm's going off in the middle of the night. Like, but sh- if
2: <laughs> you're if you're going to do that, you're going to have to go out, out of character. You're going to have to get away to from everybody. It, yeah, yeah. Go well, high of course, I, yeah. I
0: don't think anybody. I think anybody <laughs> that's looking for any type of role playing real life role playing experience like that. I mean, they have to do that, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like you're not going to be standing the cell phone towers hadn't been around for five generations bro like yeah. but that at the same time if my phone rings and it's bad i gotta answer it i you know you just walk out off. of sight right yeah
2: yeah i mean yeah, the, absolutely the, the biggest thing is is that we don't break genre mm-hmm. and so if you if you feel that thing going off you excuse yourself to some place that's out of, an out yeah. of character space because that's a good way to look at it. like hey i'm over here in this bush leave me alone <laughs> well we have that's port- not. We have places that are out of character where you oh, can go
0: specific assigned like, hey, I, this is where I got to go like, to deal with life. You know what? If you
2: have to. You have to deal with life like go to the bathroom. That's where you deal with life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Everyone looks. Unless, at phone unless you like, we have an you,
3: ops too. I mean, we have a um, yeah uh, an area character ops. You can go ops. a parking lot, uh, but we also have a warm building for ops where you can go and be out of character and handle whatever you need. But to.
2: sometimes we have a little bleed over, like people have. The dystopian future is a, there's a lot of emotional involvement. You get cold, you get wet, you get tired, people start running you down, you get scared. and Sometimes that you're not just scared in character, but you're scared in real life. So, the places you come is to where our, our, the coordinators are, where I am. And uh, most of my people are like, hey, come on in here, we'll get you something warm to drink, get you some, a blanket, sit down, calm down. Nice. Let's talk about what's going space. on. Yeah, yeah. right yeah. on
0: that is awesome uh we uh, I think we need to refill our drinks so we'll be back in a second and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more with uh, with uh, coop and uh, Jim here hey guys we just wanted to take a minute to give a shout out to wizards keep games up there in Renton at one seven one four eight one hundred and sixteenth avenue southeast right up in Renton kind of in Fairwood and Cascade Village, right there behind the R-Bar, next to the uh, post office. You know, you can get all kinds of things from Wizards Keep Games, whether you're interested in Magic Cards, Pokemon Cards, Dungeons & Dragons, board games, miniature games. Do you have events? Uh, Huh? Do you have events? We do have events. We have Magic Tournaments. We've got Modern Magic Tournaments on Monday. Mm. On Tuesday, we've got Commander Night, which is one of our most popular nights of the week. It is... Like 35 people. Hey, Wednesday is 15% off all miniatures between 4 and 7. On Thursday is our D&D role-playing game night where you can come and join us in Adventurers League. Friday, we've got Friday Night Magic, which has a $50 cash prize. Saturday is open play all day and special events. Check our website.
1: Did you say Friday Night Magic?
0: I did say Friday Night Magic, (laughs) Scott. And on Sunday is open board game play. All board games are 10% off. For more information, you can roll by our website at wizardskeepgames.com. We've got an event schedule, and Justin will be there sometimes. Sometimes. Once in a while. All right. Thanks for listening. (laughs) And we're back. Uh, Again, we've got Coop and Jim with us from Dystopia Rising, Washington. Uh, You can find out information about that by going to dystopiarisingwa.com. Also uh, on Facebook, on social media and stuff like that. Uh, I want to ask you guys some questions. Um, First off, when did you realize this was something that you wanted to do? Because you said in 2013 that this is where, like, when you got going with it. But there has to be, you guys both talked about LARP before and doing other LARP. So when did you realize that you wanted to LARP, I guess? Your origin story.
2: My origin story for LARP is really weird. Okay, good. Um, I I was weird. I was a goth in high school. Nice. And a jock. As weird as that sounds, I had God, I lettered. Jock. I had lettered in wrestling for years. I lettered in football for three years, but I really liked Robert Smith and The Cure and nice. Depeche Mode and all that kind of stuff. I also liked Conan uh, the Barbarian, so I read Conan comic books. And uh, there was a, this one store that had comic books and games. All uh, the, the gaming stuff that was for like nerds and weird people. I didn't. And that was I didn't understand any of that. But uh, I was kind of a loner because no one really talked to me because wearing a Letterman's jacket and having black lipstick and eyeliner and Robert Smith hair was a little weird for most people. So not a lot. I didn't have a lot of the cool friends. But uh, I went in there and there's this goth chick behind the counter that I hadn't seen before. And I am go over and picked up uh, my Conan comic book and threw it on the counter. She says, like, hey, do you like vampires? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. that is the start yeah. of a good friendship. Yeah, I, I like vampires. Yeah. And there was this and she's like hey there's this there's this vampire of the masquerade book it's about like <laughs> oh yeah gothic punk vampires i pick it up and look through it i'm all like oh it's a role playing game i'm not into that she's like oh but we do it live action this is back in 1992 okay or 93 yeah, when the, yeah. you know when this all really was starting to become hot when it and, just infested Norwest in con correct yep, absolutely so uh, i was like you do this she's like yeah we go out and like do this i'm like Hot chicks go and play <laughs> LARP. Hot now golf I'm, chicks. I'm down. Now I'm interested. All right, we I'm going to say a, I'm down. what? <laughs> yes. So you do this, and yeah, afterwards we sit around and drink afterwards, and I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, right. So that's how I got into doing live action role playing. I've never played d and like I never like, rolled dice, played magic cards or anything like that. But that's, that's how they got you in it. That's how they got me. Hey we're man, however, however,
0: which way, man? However, a good your selling geek point. flag flies. Women yeah. do that,
1: man. They just suck you into things you never thought you were going to do, and then all of a sudden, you're so, mowing the lawn or fucking Go into going into the, yeah, the opera, yeah, or some fucking ballet or some shit. <laughs> hey,
2: I work for the ballet and the opera. I know the offside. So nice. So I'm I'm a cultured man. So you've actually a man of culture is
0: something like that? Uh, things that you have been able to kind of figure out and incorporate since your main job is doing with theater and now with all of this and the live action role play, you kind of get a symbiotic I, relationship there. I've
2: done special events is what I do for a living since uh, okay for all the way back before that. It was a, while I was doing that, I worked at bars and nightclubs for like twenty years, and then I also. Uh, did special events. I worked conventions. Did security for them. Ran security for conventions. Ran conventions. So in the whole nerd circus, as I like to call it. I mean, not we're, all, right there. we're all a bunch yep. of nerds. It's cool. Yeah. I'm not really as much, but Jim is. But it's yeah. cool.
1: <laughs> that's how I feel around these guys, too. Right? Yeah, right. Shut up, right. Scott. Yeah, Jesus, <laughs> Scott. That's right.
2: But, like, that's one of the biggest things is that just finding these communities and, like, picking up people like... Most of the people that show up to Dystopia Rising, there are a handful of them. Never played a LARP before. Never played D&D, but they're like, I like that genre. Yeah, and that's a thing that can suck you in, just like the
0: vampires did at that point. I mean, God, I remember playing, or at least collecting slash taking the all of the uh the white wolf books white wolf books yeah i had i vampire was my big one but i had, would definitely made sure i had like the source book for each and every one of them sure so, just sure. in
2: case so werewolves some changeling oh absolutely I, I worked some for changeling. white wolf or white wolf ccp for really a number of years doing their event security management
0: interesting
2: that's got to just be, like, people watching just, like, the most entertaining thing in the world. It's true. Plus, I mean, I, I traveled around the country and, like, met all of these people, so that's actually how I met Jim the yeah, first time.
3: Yeah, we met via Vampire LARP. Really? Yeah. yeah.
2: So, like, was that was that
0: your intro into all of this stuff? Was uh, that or was it different?
3: Yeah. Um, uh, vampire the Masquerade was my first LARP. It was in college. I had just uh, moved uh, to Berkeley, uh, and uh, in my... Uh, my gaming friends uh, I had come up to visit from LA, and they said, hey, there's this new thing we're going to go do in Half Moon Bay. I'm like, what is it? Well, we're going to go play live-action Vampire. I'm like, what? It's, that's a tabletop game. No, no, <laughs> no we're going to go dress real. up, and we're going to go. I'm like, all right, well. We're
0: going to take each other out by rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, I didn't know that then, but. <laughs> uh, uh, they came back from their first event, and they're like, it was amazing. I had such a good time. I was like, all right, well gotta go the next month and then uh we we did and you know that was all she wrote on that Uh,
0: what's your favorite part about doing dystopia rising
3: i i like telling stories okay i was wondering Uh, a lot of the writing uh is is really fun for me um uh watching those stories go watching the players take them in a completely opposite direction um and then sort of uh reacting to that and just letting the storyline sort of organically flow
0: is there any storyline so far that you've been most proud of? you've been doing this for a couple of years now, so like one that uh that you've done is there one that you've done to completion or is it just kind of one of those ongoing uh sort of aspects
3: um you know i think that my my personal favorite one is we had a uh an evil raider doctor named dr err and uh dr er uh he Sorry. uh the the culmination game uh he uh had these zombie hounds that were with him, and he walked around the entire camp, uh, having his hounds uh, attack people. This was the big climax game, so it was real, nice. real intense. Uh, and every every person that uh, they took down uh, got re re uh, upped as a zombie. So eventually, I had uh, the entire game shambling as zombies. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then they snapped out of it at the end, but uh, it that that massive zombie shamble. And then later on, it got everyone amped to go get this guy. You know, to go absolutely to go, to go, to go, to go uh, get rid of this guy. And then there was this massive fight. Uh, we had uh, uh, I had a bunch of tentacles in it. They had to hit hit his tentacles, and then once they down <laughs> the tentacles, and then they attack her. It was a really complicated, oh, cool. interesting, sort of. <laughs> Uh, Boss
1: battle at the end, yeah, right? It, That's fantastic. Wow,
3: esque sort of fight that I tried to I tried <laughs> to do in in live action. It actually worked out really well because we did it with LEDs and making things light up so people knew what to hit. Oh, and, cool! And, uh, wow, holy! Uh, crap. I had a little tunnel that we made uh, with tarps and stuff that people had to travel through the tunnel in order to get to where he was and so So you guys
0: are like legitimately it's not only just getting the 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 campsite and all that stuff but you're putting together theater props and really going full bore with this i mean we take a full u-haul truck yeah we take it like like a 17
2: foot u-haul truck full of like costuming and uh the like to bring bring the magic to it is there drugs in that
0: there, I don't know. This is just It was just sitting there. Uh,
2: that, <laughs> There's just a little candy sitting on the table. Well, that looks like oh, a candy. Well, that, well, and I never know. There is no I drugs in, in
0: dystopia, bet that's just a, okay, uh, <laughs> You think that's a cotton mouth? Yeah, I think it's a right. cotton mouth it candy. No, candy. I'm afraid of it. Well, All right, then Fine. That happens sometimes yeah.
1: because we have people in, and there'll be just, like, candy sitting around, and sometimes they're weed candy. Sometimes
0: there's weed candy, and then so I revert back to a feed eye. <laughs> <laughs> well, you actually did, just did mention that, but you guys are not looking toward... Now, uh, no drug site, uh, non-alcohol site? Or, yeah, yeah, no
2: drugs, no alcohol, or, or anything like that. Dry site. Because cool. no one really wants to, like, get hit by some drunk dude with a right. buffer weapon. Right, okay, Or yeah. some dude that's really high, like, I
3: can't yeah, feel there's, that. There's and some safety concerns there. Right, so...
2: It's good. Call. I mean, you can I mean,
3: get fake fake high there. We I mean, we have in-game drugs. That you in-game pay, drugs you get role play. And, and like okay. in-game you alcohol. You get to
0: role play getting high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes Which, sense too. I mean, you guys, like you just said, you're dealing with hopped up on goofballs. Like yeah. so, we had just uh, Brogan just mentioned a little bit about the the rock paper scissors for like Camarillo and stuff like that. That's how they do that. How Correct. do you guys deal with combat and such like that? Are you are you like you said boffers? Are you are you looking at full contact with uh, with safe? Safe lightest weaponry? Lightest touch is, <laughs> is what we is call the, it. Okay. The,
3: the key phrase we use it's, it's a lightest touch boff or LARP. So everyone will have their phone weapons, and you're only supposed to tap someone, and then you call the number that is the damage. So if I, my weapon does five damage, I hit you in the shoulder and I say five. Okay. And then I can do that in sets of three, and then I have to pause for two seconds, and then I can hit you for another set of three.
0: Okay, right on. And uh, I would imagine that there are armor, uh, yes. shields, stuff like that along there's the of There's shields way. that
2: yeah. you can use. Uh, there's also firearms, bolt okay. action, as we call them. Yeah, nerf guns. Oh, nerf oh, guns. Oh, okay, I was wondering how that would work out. Awesome. Uh, you can also throw packets for bullets, or for uh, bow and arrow, we have packets that you can throw.
3: Yeah. Birdseed packets.
2: Okay, nice.
3: <laughs> Birdseed.
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, the next question, um, was there a moment where, like, when you're doing this that you really didn't feel, like, it was, like, one of those, you know, there's ups and downs, there's peaks and valleys, where you're like, I don't I don't know if I can keep doing this, but, I mean, obviously you're still doing it, so you managed to push through it. Have there been any of those, like, sort of setbacks or, or things that were a exactly just a setback
2: along those lines that you've realized maybe this wasn't something that I was expecting? Um, I know for myself when uh, I had a real big uh, dilemma with my previous partner before Jim came aboard. Do I want to keep on doing this? And it wasn't without my friends coming to me and like, hey, this needs to happen. We need this to happen. And if it wasn't for you doing this, this wasn't going to, this isn't going to work. And uh, I had like this whole whole like, only Nixon could go to China, mm-hmm. the old Vulcan, the old Vulcan saying. No one saw the Greenpeace commercial. It's fine, <laughs> but uh, I was all like, "All right, so my friends really want to do this, so okay, I'll do this." And so that's when uh, Jim Jim and I got together, and yeah. we we pushed forward with stop Rise in Washington, and that was like it was a real eye-changing thing and it wasn't about like like the game or anything like that it was about me personally and then I just realized that our community is really super important to me my players uh they're like family I mean it sounds like it it really does I like that like I'll I'll have to I'll listen to them talk about their character or like the stuff's going on at home or like things are going on with their friends or there's an issue here. I'm I'm totally down to listen to any of them talk to me about that. Um, that is awesome, dude. But uh, you know if they're but they're like, hey, I my my character sheet is off to experience, and I don't understand why. Email me, and I'll take care of that. But <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a business thing, yeah, and I really yeah, want yeah. to take care of the business thing in the business appropriate ways. Yeah. But like my players, th- we're a community, and not just the community just here in Washington, but all over the United States. Like, I have players from other places like, hey, Coop, I need to talk to you about, like, the, the stuff's going on. It affects some of your players, and I just need to get that out. And, like, I know Jim, too, has, like, had to, like, deal with, like, some issues and things like that. But the community is really what builds us and what drives us. So, like, once you're part of this this family, mm-hmm. you, it's I can't say this enough. Like, there's other LARPs out there dystopia rising is unlike anything else in the world it sounds like it
3: i think that's what i what i found is that uh when coop asked me hey let's be partners in this thing um because i want to keep doing it um uh i wanted to get into it because i wanted to tell cool stories because i've been a storyteller for uh, over a decade doing doing stuff and uh i think what what was eye-opening to me Was that uh, this game wasn't just about telling story. It's really a community. Like a a lot of the aspects that I do, that that Koop and I do, are community management, making sure that everyone's okay. uh, You know, saying you know, managing disputes. um, You know, making sure that everyone's having a good time. And I think that that's the most important part of the game, beyond uh, beyond story, beyond the zombies, beyond the cool costumes is uh, making sure that everyone's everyone's having a really great time.
0: I think that's a, one of those things that people need to realize too is that uh, the behind the scenes work, you're putting forth that effort so everyone has a good time and you don't, you're not trying to exclude anyone or if they're trying to, uh, you know, sometimes you'll get the power gamers or the people who yeah. try to want to like, you know, circumvent the system a little bit to get their own way on like that. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the bunch No, kids. not nerds.
3: <laughs> and then they interact with like the, the theater geeks yeah. and and, and like, like, we just want to, like, you know, have our really hyper-intense role play about, like, you know, how my cousin died and I have to cry about it. And then are was, like, well, you know, I, I need to figure out how to get the best skill. And, like, figuring out ways for them to both entertain both of those, both those people and for SCA them to, nerds, to interact. Right? Yeah. Um, especially in, in uh, uh, stuff, CVC character versus character stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, because that's that's a thing that happened in the, in the game. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a guild of assassins in this game that you can join because uh, one of the professions is assassin. Jeez, man.
1: I am buying in 100%. Right. I am all so, in.
3: Right. Like you, you're, uh, so one so of the, that's an aspect damn. of the game. One that of is the awesome. biggest
2: things is, is that people, like, we talk about this character versus character thing, but really, this game is really designed about the event, mm-hmm. character versus events, what, like how the world is attacking you. PVE. You? Yeah, PVE. Yeah. But we like to use character because it's not about the player, it's about the character. Ooh, so, so we you say C-V-E. That. CVE. That's C-V-E. why we see it. Deeper. Indeed. Deep, yeah. But uh, <laughs> when we go out and when we have the, all these combats and we fight and we do all these things, it's about. Uh, we may not like each other's characters. Like, our character might not like that character. Like,. I have a character. Jim has a character. Our characters are. Oh, we uh, fought. We fought. We <laughs> had yeah, we, like yeah, arguments.
3: We got into we got into uh, into big fights. Well,
0: over I think like really important in any role playing game. Dwarves don't like elves. Yeah, so much, I mean, much like the, that. The dichotomy of of personality is important.
3: That conflict but, is really important to drive yeah. to drive the story. So, and ultimately, when people get into that conflict, oh, when I sit down sit them down, I'm like, all right. So what's the story that you want to tell here? Like, where's, where's the mm-hmm. story going? Especially when people have conflict. You want to try to figure out where that narrative is going to go.
2: Absolutely. But that, that conflict is one thing. But if I, uh, if my character killed off Jim, Jim's character, Jim's character killed off mine, then all the zombie horde will have one other person. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's just another, another number that's there to kill you.
3: Oh, and then Every time someone dies uh, permanently in this game, see, uh, every character has a number of infection, so there's a number of times you can die, and when you die, you go to a place called the Grave mine, and we give you a, an extra special scene of like the, the great zombie Grave Mine mm-hmm. s- like, seducing you to the dark side, and then you get that scene, and we spit you out, uh, and every strain of humanity has a certain number of infection they can come back with, but mm-hmm. when you're gone, when you run out of infection, you're gone permanently, and when you're gone permanently... Uh, I let you come back as a special Zed, a special zombie <laughs> to come menace the town so that every person that permanently dies comes in to really menace, th- menace the
2: town. Nice. So that makes it like you don't really want to let people come back because those guys, they really will bad. kill you. Really
0: they bad. Really they're, wanna- they're really
2: fun to write, though.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and, and the person that died has a really great time. Like, it's, it's a really great way for people to come to terms with their character death, to have a really great That's a good finish. point, yeah,
0: because a lot of people can get super attached to those sort of things. Correct. That's, that's
3: the important part of like, the grave mine. Every time somebody dies, you get a little scene that sort of helps you catharse through your character's death. Nice. Um,
2: um, on YouTube, there's a, a video of my character, Bear. bear's last walk
3: your your last walk is a zombie so i go
2: and so bear was a great american who was a gunslinger had special abilities and went out and menaced the town he was also a really nice guy everybody really loved bear he's a really mean zombie but a really mean zombie
3: (laughs) scared the entire game they they all like hunkered down in their cabins and closed the doors that's (laughs) that's awesome or ran
2: away so like it's one of those things of like when you you have this like certain dichotomy so like that makes you more invested. Like you want to save that character. Yeah, I may not like him. I like we may have like philosophical differences in the world, but I don't want this person to fall because this is one less resource we have to help bring back the humanity. Right, and he might come back as a total badass. Yeah, some characters yeah, see right. it
3: that way and some characters <laughs> just want to watch the world burn.
2: Yeah, yeah, there are people that are just like, I don't care, everybody can die, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. can see that too. That is awesome.
0: Uh, again, this is uh, Dystopia Rising Washington, uh, a zombie apocalypse LARP. Uh, people can find it at dystopia rising Washington WA. Dot com, uh, Facebook, social media. You mentioned YouTube. You guys have a YouTube page for uh, it specifically? Uh, yeah.
2: There is a YouTube page. We haven't really used it. But if you go on there, look for uh, Bears Last Walk, it actually pops up. It's one of the top things. That's
0: something you should do every one of your events there, is, is just make a little video and post yeah, it.
3: Yeah, we had a GoPro that, that We, uh,
2: that we did. We, make we people, have a few make people of them. get a, uh,
0: attached to the social media of their particular experience.
2: Uh, we do post a lot of photos. Nice. If you go on our Facebook page... Uh, we post every event. We have three yeah, or have four different photographers, that photographers, and we'll cool. have like three hundred. Send Jeff. Yeah, we have like three hundred <laughs> yeah, pictures right. that show up.
3: Nice. We even do portraits at the beginning of the game where you have a, like a nice little background. So you want oh, like, that's a that's cool, cool post apocalyptic picture. He your, loves your that costume. Stuff. Then uh, you can you can have that. You show nice. Up a little early. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: and it's super cool because everybody's in. in costume right? Every, or everybody's in so. full genre it, costume it's fantastic you guys have some of the neatest pictures your website's fantastic too oh That's thank you it. thank
2: you um but yeah uh, alright guys uh, what are they doing
0: we just got weirdos sorry <laughs> I, I thought well, we were this about is, to get a homeless yeah, welcome attack to Tacoma. welcome a, to Tacompton someone tried to get in there uh we really appreciate you guys coming in uh Coop Jim uh anything any final words you want to send out there for for people who may want to actually be a part of this door.
3: Um, that it's, it's actually a lot easier than you think to get into. Nice. Uh, the, the costuming, you know, goodwill, value village, uh, just jump right in. We have a new player module that uh, uh, a guy takes you around through town, tells you all the ropes and what to do. Uh, the bars is uh, will will re- will give you weapons to use for that game. Oh, nice. So, okay, so you don't um, ha-
0: you can go in pretty. Yeah, pretty your first three key.
3: games will uh, will lend you a weapon. So like the the bar com- is pretty low uh, to to entry. We'll really help you out and make sure that you have a good time. Right. And, you
2: know, and you show up, you have no idea how to make a character. We have people there just ready to, to like get you in, explain things to you, put your character into the, our data, national database. We'll print you out a character sheet. Tell you where you need to go. Explain to where you, things you need. Show if you don't have a place to stay, get you into that new player cabin. So that way you guys can have a really great time.
0: Right on. Thank you guys so much. No problem. Appreciate it. Hey guys, we just wanted to take a minute to let you know about our new sponsor, the Lindsey Jackman Group. Lindsey Jackman is a fantastic real estate agent. Whether you have need for selling your house, buying a house, want to know if you qualify to buy a house, you just got regular old real estate questions, she's one of the very best realtors in the South Puget Sound. You can check her out online at the, at the Lindsay Jackman Group on Google, or you can give her a phone call at 253-266-1067, and there is no job too big or too small for Lindsay Jackman. Check her out. Now it is time for... A fun segment that, you know, it sounds so A fun cheap. segment? <laughs> <laughs> no, we decided uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's going around uh, Tacoma and some of the, 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 the cool shit that's happening, and we decided, well, I asked you to come up with a name, Brogan, and the first one you came up with was uh, Grit City Gab, and then you were like, "Now fuck so that. So it whiz. Uh, it was. It, it was. It was You said whiz. Oh. Whiz. Shut the fuck up. But you decided to change it to something else, right? Good <laughs> yeah, City well, Gab reminds me Grit City of City Gab just sounded a little bit, Made a little more- bit hokey pokey. Yeah, and then I just had this this brainchild of T Town Talk, Triple T. Ooh. Ooh. T-Town Talk. T-Town Talk we do featuring three? yours truly, Justin and Scott. Oh, where we're going to tell you all the things that go on in Tacoma. So let's dish. Let's dish. Tell me something, Justin. Wow, I just want to tap out right now. You guys <laughs> just did that to me. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> I don't have anything to talk. What do you mean talk?
1: Like,
3: there's some <laughs> no. things I
0: know about. Did you know mm. that Tacoma is having its... 5th Annual Slider Contest at the Museum of Glass. Are we talking about the 90s show featuring Jerry O'Connell? No, we're talking about March 24th, Sliders, like Little Delicious Hamburgers. Mm. That uh, The first one I went to, I went to it a couple of years ago. And the 11-11 won because they made little banh mi sliders, and they oh. were delicious. Oh, Vietnamese 11-11. sausage sliders, oh, they yeah. were banging. Dude, they make so, so much good food, man. So the entire museum's open. They've got all these great little exhibits. They've got the, the live glass blowing going on during this thing. Uh, the price isn't all that much, especially since you get sliders. Uh, this year, they've got Asado, the table, Social Bar, the hub, and Stack all competing. Damn. And you get some ciders, you get a couple of drinks, you get to walk around the museum. It goes on from like 6.30 till about 10 o'clock at night. They've got live music. It's just a really good way to go out, spend some time in your community, eat some food, check out the Museum of Glass if you've never seen it before. Or maybe you just want to see it in a different light. We have, We haven't been to the Museum of Glass. We went to the historic museum. Ooh, so, fun. I haven't even, I know. You've Yay. never been there? did you grow nev- up here? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, you definitely went on a field trip at least once. I know I went on No, I, know I, I didn't. I don't know. I I've never, been there,
1: but I, never watched a bullet glass. We've always missed it. It's always been like too yeah, Well, it late goes on during, during
0: the slider thing, because the slider thing rolls deep. I'm, like, I'm kind of pumped about the slider yeah. thing. It sounds awesome. We're going. There's another one going on in Fremont the weekend before that that is a cider slider thing mm-hmm. that looks really cool. I love tiny hamburgers yeah yeah like they're really awesome well because I, do. I don't want to ever too. really commit to a big ass hamburger sometimes you're like oh i don't know they i like when weird. i get different ones when i get
1: yeah. three different sliders yeah because you get like, to yeah. like
0: taste it without feeling like a total fat ass yeah it's well, like
1: i can't order three burgers when i go somewhere cause you then I can feel, well that's
0: true. you could you you you're not the fat one of us yeah you well, seem to be able to put away a lot of stuff i can yeah. eat like a f- we're the number idiot, 100 no when idea. we sit in a row you're the one we're the two <laughs> big fat zeros what the fuck? Hey, we equal 100%. Oh, God. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I found out this little All about the Benjamins. <laughs> I found out this interesting thing. Do you guys know about... Are you you have to know about Titlow Park. I do know about Titlow Park. Do you know about Titlow Park? No, but I love the name of it. Yeah, right? Uh, low tits? Uh, <laughs> it is not that. Do you know that it's actually... Uh, they want to turn it into a, a historical area? They have oh, that big old lodge right. in the middle that of it. That lodge is cool as shit, too. I saw
1: that. It's like 100 years old or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh-huh. It is super beautifully cool.
0: maintained. That was one of those things. I remember they used to have a pool down there, and we would. Write, they still have a pool down there, do they? Yeah, it's still there. Wow. Okay, yeah. I haven't been down there in a while, uh, and it hasn't changed at all. It's still the the big weird concrete <laughs> like kids slip, crack their heads open, they just kind of wash the blood into the pool. Like ah, Titlow Park is gross. Jesus, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I took my metal detectors down there and found a bunch of slag. What slag? You know, like weird from the metal old, from the old metal? smelters. Yeah. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. yeah. Are you sure? Maybe it was aliens. because remember Could have been aliens. The alien guy, the alien guy did say it could have been aliens. Also could have just him. been some shit that fell off docks. Who no did you there. talk to about slag where someone said it could be aliens? Uh, Steve, Steve Dunkelberger. Dunkelberger. Oh, fucking Steve Dunkelberger. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I, we need to have him on to talk about more history. Yeah, the problem uh, is you. Steve Dunkelberger doesn't ever actually want to show up. Really? weekends They're We're calling hard, him out. Yeah. We're calling out Steve Dunkelberger. It's funny because I'm looking at this Tacoma Weekly article, and it's literally written by Steven Dunkelberger. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. A lot of them are. Yeah. 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 Steve Dunkelberger has got to hustle. Yeah. He carries a fountain pen, a $1,000 yes. fountain pen. You yes. should mug Whoa, Steve easy. Dunkelberger. Hey, hey, you be polite to people who may or may not be guests on our show. He's been a guest, and we don't have to be polite because he won't show up on time. <laughs> Stupid Steve Dunkelberger. I love Steve. I, think I he's do, awesome. too. He's you a, love him, but you want people to mug him. He's a fucking. I didn't, I say he's that. a. He's a grand high poobah in the Moose Lodge, or something. something. Really? Yeah, he's a, a uh, knight uh, the of the Pinthians. Panthian. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, well, we'll definitely have to get him on to talk about some of that. All right. Stuff. What else you got? Uh, actually, that's it. I think it's a good time for us to stop. Um, some other things about the Dystopia Rising, since we just had them on uh, for this podcast. Uh, new players, new players. If you want to start playing, uh, it's twenty dollars so it's a For new the new player weekend? fee yeah that's pretty good yeah so definitely check them out and they said that they respond to all of their their facebook posts uh, uh send them a message via that uh it'll have their contact information on com. So also you can in the show email notes email them also in our show notes so you can definitely check all that out if you guys actually want to check us out and maybe ask us questions we've got the grit city what's the twitter handle um, it's grit right. underscore city. Yeah. yeah, we have it. And there's that. You can send us tweets asking us questions. Email is info, info at gritcitypodcast.com. And you can find out all of the links and all of our past episodes at gritcity.com. Or Facebook backslash gritcitypodcast. There you nice. go. All right, guys. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for listening and mm-hmm. uh, peace.
2: You've been listening to the Grit City Podcast. Check them out at gritcitypodcast.com.